welcome to our show, Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the very often made-for-TV movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2000's Life Size. Wait a minute. You can't be. I'm Eve, and you're my special friend. So, here we are. I'm excited to do this one this week. I have not seen this movie in a really long time. So, uh, how are you feeling about it? Um, well, you know, Tyra has evolved in interesting ways uh-huh. over the years, but... When we first saw this movie and when it first came out, I feel like she was very much a goddess to us and to just everybody that knew her, you know? Yes. None of her really like zany qualities had come out yet. Well, she was still a supermodel and not the host of America's Next Top Model yet. So that's important to know. And I'm sure we'll probably get into that later. Yep. Um, Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because normally I compile the facts and read through them. But today we are going to pull a little switcheroo (laughs) because Audrey did the research and she is going to guide the... The car facts. The car facts. She's (laughs) going to give us the car facts. (laughs) Okay. So Life Size premiered March 5th. 2000 on ABC in the wonderful world of Disney series, which I thought was interesting because we know that the Whitney Houston version of Cinderella was also produced under the wonderful world of Disney on ABC. They were churning out some stuff. Yeah, they were on to something here. They were on to something. something. I don't know. I'm like proud of them for yeah. this string of of films. Inclu- Let's not forget about Annie too, because that yeah. was just in '99, and those three movies alone are enough to shape category. a generation. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was directed by Mark Rosman, who also directed <laughs> The Perfect Man, which stars Hilary Duff, which keeps coming up over and over and over mm-hmm. again. I have actually seen it, but it's very vague in my mind. It wasn't one of the ones that we watched a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know if I ever saw it. Yeah. Um, he also directed A Cinderella Story, which we also covered. Yes. <laughs> and uh, several Lizzie McGuire episodes and several even Stevens episodes. So a lot of Hilary Duff in his career. But he did all that after he did this movie. Yep. Yeah. Got it. That was so all. So this movie got him on the path towards right. all that. Right. He, it's funny, though, because apparently they feuded, you know. Lin- oh, yeah. Lindsay and Hill. But I don't think Hill was even doing anything in 2000. Or when did when did Lizzie McGuire start? I don't know. But it would she would be roughly on the scene in 2000. Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit too young. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so Life Size was written by Mark Rosman and Stephanie Moore. And Steph, <laughs> I'm going to call her Steph, has only written... Life Size and Life Size 2. Those are her only credits, like, ever. Was she the... Did she write a book? No. This is not based on a book. 
Okay. Uh, however, this movie was her idea. The I- idea of a doll coming to life and whatever this, you know, obviously other things have that idea too. Uh-huh. But she had the idea, brought it to Mark Rosman, and then they wrote a screenplay <laughs> <She> said, together. <laughs> excuse me. She said, doll comes to life. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And he was Mom's like. dead. Why yeah. not? <laughs> he was Very like, that. they fall in love. Who is Stephanie Moore? Like as a person? Do we know? No. Okay. There well, is so little available yeah. about her. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we could have found her like Squarespace website or something if we looked, but I never do that. So sadly, there is no critic score for this made for TV movie because it was made for TV. Uh, and the audience score is 48%. That's gotta be all haters. Yeah, really sad because there's a great original song in this movie, and I feel that that alone should give it at least 60%. Yes, I mean, I agree. Creativity. I okay? agree. I agree. Um, all right. So, plot synopsis <laughs> there's a short version and a long version. Can I read these? Because I still want to make you read the tagline sure. because that's our tradition. Okay. So, the shorter plot synopsis reads. A widower's daughter accidentally brings her doll to life while trying to cast a spell to resurrect her mother. That is such a badly written sentence. And then, but the longer one is like literally the entire plot. So it's kind of like. So should I not read it? No, you can read it. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. 11-year-old Kate. Okay. So this is the longer version. 11-year-old Casey is despondent after her mother's death. As she and her father, Ben, drift apart, she finds a book of magic spells and tries to use one to bring her mother back to life. But the plan backfires and she finds that she's animated Eve, a fashion plate dress-up doll. Eve is excited to be both alive and nearly six (laughs) feet tall, but she has much to learn about living in the real world. And Casey doesn't think she has the desire or the patience to teach her. Audrey, what is the tagline? The tagline is, she was a perfect doll. Now she's the real thing. <laughs> that literally sounds like uh, like a, like at the beginning of a Gaga song. Yeah. That's like she would speak those lines yeah. or something. Um, you know what? The she movie... was a perfect doll. <laughs> now she's the real thing. Yes, that was good. <laughs> you know what this movie just is? What? Enchanted. Yeah. The primary gag yep. is Enchanted, yep. basically. Mm-hmm. Enchanted is also a great movie, That's though. That's true. Except in Enchanted, it's like weirdly up to the little girl's dad to train Giselle how to function, whereas this movie it's is more about Lindsay. the little girl doing it. Even though the dad still plays a part, but... Yeah. Different... It's plot. Different. <laughs> wow. Can you believe it? There's a different plot. It's different. <laughs> so, the cast is pretty small as far as notable people goes. <laughs> yes. We've got Lindsay Lohan as Casey Stewart, who didn't audition for this movie. She just got it because she was that bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got it in a three-movie contract with Disney. Okay. So... What were they? I don't know. But I just know there was a three-movie contract. You know what's crazy about this? Is that this movie came out in 2000, which means it was probably filmed in 99. And Mean Girls came out in 04, which means it was probably filmed in 03. She looks that different. Four years apart. She always gave me, I feel like this is a weird thing to say, but she always gave me brutally early puberty vibes. Yeah. I think that's, although, I mean, she looks very baby in 
in life size. She looks like you in life size. Yeah. People like when used, you were little. Yeah. People used to tell me I looked like Lindsay Lohan. You had a similar vibe when you were both little. Yeah. Perhaps we'll do a side by side somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, good for her. Um, <laughs> Tyra Banks plays Eve. And as we kind of said before, American Americans, <laughs> America's next top model didn't start till 2003. So she wasn't uh, she wasn't like a so much of a personality yet. Yeah. Um, but prior to life size, she was a model, as we all know. Um, and I was looking at her IMDb and some of her credits. She was in a Michael Jackson music video, a Tina Turner music video, and several episodes of Fresh Prince and all that. Nice. Yeah, in small, like, cameo roles. Yeah. Um, and then finally, the, the last notable one, I feel, is the guy who plays Lindsay Lohan's dad. And I don't even know how to say his first name, but it looks like Jer. I'm guessing it's Jer. It's probably Jer. Jer Burns plays Ben Stewart, and his credits mostly consist of TV roles. But most recently, he was in Dead to Me, which I was like, who Who does he play? It's some role like something Hastings. And I was like, I don't even know who that is. I don't remember. I like cannot get through the second season of Dead to Me for some reason. That's a whole other topic, but... That's really, I I watch it in like in one day. I am like halfway through the episode where they find rats. I'm like in the third episode. I don't even remember that. It went by so quick. I just like something about there being two James Marstons. I was like. I love it. It's so campy. I was like, this is It's literally camp. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, anyway, so he's in Dead to Me and he's been in Suits and Grey's Anatomy. Those are just some of the more notable TV shows, but he's been in a ton over the years. Okay, this movie came out in March of 2000. What was happening in our particular cultural sector at the time? Well, Y2K had just happened and the entire world didn't implode and machines didn't totally stop functioning. (laughs) And I feel like that had to have been exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There were 51 million viewers for the first season finale of Survivor. The book Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire came out. (laughs) The truly troubling series of kids' movies that came out this year, (laughs) Chicken Run, which I think Audrey and I, I mean, that movie made a weirdly big impact on me. Perhaps we'll do an episode on Chicken Run at some point. (laughs) The Emperor's New Groove, also amazing. We had that movie and watched it a million times. Our Lips Are Sealed, starring Mary-Kate and Ashley, and Phantom (laughs) of the Megaplex. I had Is that to, a Disney Channel original movie? Yeah. Okay. I had to stick that one in for Hunter, my friend Hunter. That's like one of his favorite movies <laughs> really? ever. Really? Yeah. And we watched it together recently and it's so funny. Like if you haven't seen it, because we were a little young for it at that point, we weren't watching DCOMs in 2000 because I was three. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't, we didn't get that Disney Channel access till we were no, older. But it's a really good. Yes. I'll have to watch it because, I mean, I, I can see that it's a spinoff of Finn with the Opera vaguely. Yeah. With, and obviously <laughs> so I'm funny. into that. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on with the kids' movies. And then with adult movies, we had Gladiator, Scary Movie, Billy Elliot, and Aaron Brockovich. Isn't that called be- Becoming Aaron Brockovich? Mm-mm. What am I thinking of? No, it's just called Aaron Brockovich, Julia Roberts movie. Who directed that again? I don't know. <laughs> they made us read the screenplay for it in college. That's why I'm... Oh, same. I fully had to do, like, a scene from Aaron Brockovich. I had to act in a scene what from it. What is it about? It's about a struggling mother um, with, like, deadbeat husband or something. Is, is she Aaron? 
Yes. Okay. It's based on a real person. I'm pretty sure it's like a biopic. Oh. But I, I don't know who she is. So Interesting. Okay. <laughs> We're uneducated. I don't know. And then the biggest artists of the time were U2, NSYNC, Oasis, Bon Jovi, Kylie Minogue, Britney Spears, and R.E.M., which is heavily dad music. Yeah. Not all of it, but like U2 and R.E.M. Also Coldplay is another one. That's pure Ray Leach for you. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that in mind, and again, this was pre-9-11, this was pre-everyone on a kid's show has to have a special talent. Yeah. Um, it was it was a different time. Pre-social media, pre-cell phones. A simple time. Truly. <laughs> okay, Audrey, what are the things you remember about this movie from childhood? Um, so, obviously, I said it already, but the original song... Shy, bright, shy, bright, don't be shy, be a star, you know. Yeah, she does that weird riff at one point. Yeah, and like the whole ending being basically a music video. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. Yeah. The ending in this movie is super weird. It is, I'll, I'll talk about and it. It really rushes to the end, as I recall, but yeah. yeah. Um, I remember the spell that Lindsay Lohan <laughs> says when she's trying to bring her mother back to life. And it's Zamba Tarka Ishtu Neberim. <laughs> Audrey said that when we were watching Freaky Friday, and I was like, what? are you referencing because I could not remember it and then I was like oh I really appreciated that Lindsay's character was a more accurate portrayal of a tomboy she -hmm. plays football oh yeah with all the boys um and and I just not some of the boys all of the boys boys. (laughs) every single one (laughs) um but I mean I can't think of any other movie where I where that is just very casually in the movie. It's not about her playing football. It's just that that's something that she does. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And it's like not even a thing. It's not a plot point. I think that it might become a plot point, though. I think it might actually be a plot point. We might, we're just forgetting. I don't think so. But yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. I think the running gag is that it's like, Casey's such a tomboy and her doll that she doesn't even play with comes to life. Exactly. She's like disgusted by the glam. Yeah. She like can't (laughs) handle it. which is truly upsetting. It's just sad. It is. So the things I remember about this movie, I remember Tyra Banks having a really good updo during the the scene. Oh, that. But also I think during the Eve's great scene, the the holiday party. party. Maybe. I don't know. She also has this red dress with like a little like poofy thing all around her which is good she looks like holiday barbie she really does um i also remember her creepy foot tattoo with the barcode yeah um very toy story very toy story <laughs> and i also remember there's like a guest house yeah. and there's a pool mm-hmm. and there's some cool lighting at some point yep. And I remember the ending is kind of traumatizing. Yeah. Like, it's it very, is traumatizing. like, not to make it about Phantom of the Opera, but it's very, like, all that was left is the mask of the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it feels very <laughs> much like that. But then they're like, just kidding. Here's a production number. They're like, it's fine because, um,. That's where she belongs. It's almost like Aquamarine-ish. It is like Aquamarine, It's like, of. it's okay because that's where she belongs and that's where she wants to be. Right. Like, she needs to go back to Sunnyvale. Right. You know? Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. I think it's Vale. 
Why would it be Veil? I don't know. Sunny Veil? Well, we'll find we'll out. We'll find but out. I think it's Sunnyville. We will find out. Um, I don't really, I, I could name other things I remember, but I think that those are the most important ones. Yeah. So I am ready to uncover a treasure trove of weird memories that yeah. I do, <laughs> that I did not know that I had. Same. So everyone whip up the or <laughs> gather some Barbies and watch with yeah, them. Put them all around you. <laughs> um, everyone's just excited for the holiday party scene because everyone just wants this to be a musical. Uh, yeah. And truly, it should be a musical. And we're not even going to I don't even know if we're going to discuss the second one. I did watch Life Size 2. Wait, it came out. Yeah, it came out two years ago. Wait, <laughs> is Lindsay in it? No. Who's in it? The girl from Secret Life of the American Teenager. Um, the like mean one. Not the blonde girl though. Oh, the Latina girl? Yeah. Uh it's like Francia, I think that's yeah, her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one who got like weirdly branded as like the slut in the show. Uh-huh. She was like Ricky's mistress. Yeah, it was <laughs> bizarre. And she's in Bring It On Two? Bring it on She's in Two or Three. She's the one with Solange. Uh, she's in that one. Yeah. What a woman. But yeah, it's Tyra and her. And it's really bad. I That sounds like a really weird combination. Zero out of ten would not recommend. That's saying something, too. But um, that we'll leave that up to your discretion. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Maybe we'll watch it at some point. Anyway, boot up your Disney Plus or your sketchy link of your choice. And we'll be right back. Yes. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. We're back. We have watched the... Film A. We watched it on the most low res <laughs> possible link. Like, yeah. it was on our TV and it just was unnecessarily pixelated. Well, what we have of learned that. is if the program was on the wonderful world of Disney, it is not on Disney Plus because ABC Family, uh, I guess, has like vault jurisdiction I guess but it's, but all, it's owned all owned by, the by Disney people. so you know who knows but yeah it's not on Disney plus so if you watched it you figured that out on your own <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you probably watched a potato quality you probably watched the same one that it we did not good um this was <laughs> excruciating to get through <laughs> I just am awakened to yeah. so many things in this. 
that are not just and they're they're not right. And um, the the messed up parts so heavily outweigh the, the good parts, good parts yeah. that it is kind of hard to not just go immediately <laughs> to the how dated is it section yeah. because that definitely has the most. Um, I have two things that I appreciated. Okay, I had one. Okay, so <laughs> I appreciate the you know young witch vibes of the beginning. Yes. Lindsay getting the witchcraft book and doing the spell and looking it up all on the old-fashioned internet. Yes. Like, I love that. Yes, me too. And um, we probably addressed this before, but there are some, there is some good fashion, um, but not enough. It's not that good, though. Yeah, it's not powerful enough to where I could, like, get behind the whole movie yeah yeah it doesn't save it it doesn't even get close to no saving it doesn't it. even get close to saving it it's also like they have they in this movie they have the literal supermodel of the world at the time so like of course the clothes yeah. are gonna seem better than they actually yeah, are because she can just wear them well you wear it well not that we're <laughs> referencing rupaul because we're not doing that we're not we're not fracking, fracking. <laughs> okay <laughs> It's going to date this recording so heavily. Uh, Okay, the one thing that I appreciated in this movie, uh, I guess I could have two. So one of them was the witch thing. Uh, Well, I wanted to add that she has young lesbian vibes between the witchcraft and the football playing. We love that. Uh, and then I did appreciate how this movie like weirdly tried to antagonize technology in the first half. Like, yeah. like no one's buying Eve dolls because kids want stuff with microchips. A microchip. And it's this little girl walking in front of the toy store and she's like, mm, no, I don't want that. I want something with a microchip. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird. And then... Also, uh, later, way later on, when Eve and Lindsay Lohan and her dad are at lunch or whatever, and Lindsay Lohan's like, oh, you know how to use computers? Do you use Apple or Windows? I was just like, that's just very 2000 to have that problem. Yeah. Like, you would never ask someone that now. You'd be like, okay, you use a computer. But I remember when that was like a bigger thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, where to even begin? Parts that are worse now. Uh, <laughs> I have some stuff that is definitely worse now that I'm older that doesn't exactly fall into the problematic slash dated zone. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. The direction of a lot of these scenes I find to be so weird. Like, there's so many scenes, especially after Eve uh, saves Lindsay Lohan from getting hit by the bus, where it's like Eve, I'm going to call her Casey, Eve, Casey, and Ben, Casey's dad, are like doing activities. Like, they're at the mall trying on clothes, going to lunch, like walking around. And like, the dad is just so neutral. It's like, is he... Why is he doing any of this? Because he could very easily play it as like a I'm interested in Eve sexually way. But right. he's like card, like a cardboard cutout. Yeah. It's just so he weird. Has, he has. And they could have written it in very easily. But he has no motive that we know of to be so kind to Eve. Right. Uh, other than he saved... Other than she saved... uh, Saved Casey from the bus. From the bus, but even then... But here's the thing. Casey could have moved, and she didn't. The timing of that bus thing... Casey was... She was... She decided... can't leave that in, but... She decided she was just going to sit there. Like, it... 
watching it, it's like, okay, I know this is just an editing issue or potentially um, a shot issue. Like they couldn't time it fast enough to where it really looks like an accident. But like it, it just takes way too long. It looks like she flung, like it looks like she intentionally flings herself onto the ground in front of the bus and then lays there until Eve saves her. Yeah, which another thing we didn't talk about was the way Eve stops the bus is she struts out into the middle of the street (laughs) and then basically like does like a power pose, yeah, sticking one hand out towards the bus like a stop sign, and it works. And I remember watching that as a little kid and being like. I want to try that. I'm going to do that. Uh, Which is not a good idea. (laughs) And I feel like it's really irresponsible that they put it in this movie. Something that will come out as we talk about this. This is not a kid's movie. It's really not a kid's movie. Another thing that I found to be very disappointing is that we come to know basically nothing about Casey's mom that she's mourning the whole time, except for the fact that she like knew what a football was. Yeah. And that she told her to like, never give up. <laughs> like, wow. How specific. <laughs> like the whole movie, they're talking about the mom and you like, don't really find anything out about her except for the fact, and they don't even tell you this, but you can just see it when you see a picture of her, that she looks exactly like uh, Ben's Drew? new love interest. I think her name's Drew. Yeah, whatever. Her I don't name know why is. I think that, but I think it is. <laughs> and we just watched it. Yeah, this movie was extremely hard to pay attention to. Yeah. <laughs> it was not good. Um, and then Eve, for some reason, thinks that Ben is so interesting. <laughs> and it makes no sense. Like, no. there's there's no reason for her to be like so enthralled with him because he doesn't even like disclose anything about himself. No, I mean I guess in theory she's enthralled with anyone and anything. But she's like but. not even that enthralled with Casey. She's like, you're the most interesting man I've ever met. Like, yeah, I like, just, no, no, no. It's just written in a creepy way. No, he's not. Yeah. The men in this movie, every single one of them are so questionable. Yeah. And creepy. Like, yeah. when you watch it as a kid, it's kind of like, I don't know about this stuff. So, like. I don't know how adults act. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how adults act when, like, I'm not there. So, okay. Or just what they're like when we all go upstairs. Like, when we, just, like, go to bed early. Like. We're just going to go with it. Yeah. But, and I also didn't understand a lot of the jokes when I was a kid. Yeah. So, are we transitioning into this section right now? Yeah. I mean. Okay. Right? I mean. I mean, what we might else as well. We're already there. Okay, so about how dated this movie is and how problematic it is. Truly, the list goes on and on and on. This is the worst one we've encountered. (laughs) There are so many lines in this that could not survive in 2020. Couldn't even survive in, like, 2013, to be honest. Um, We've got... I have a bunch written down. Yeah, I have a bunch, too, but you can start. Um, Okay, I think the greatest hits include... What's the guy's name? The creepy friend. I don't know. Okay, so basically Ben has this creepy, creepy coworker <laughs> slash friend. I'm just gonna call him like Andy for the sake of this. Uh, Andy says to Eve, "If you were in my house, I'd never let you out." Uh, he says when he sees her in the office for the first time, he's like. Ho, ho, ho. Well, welcome <laughs> to the office. Like, he's just super duper creepy. He, he's like, starlight, star bright, wish I may, wish I might. Wish, wish I uh, might. It's just, 
horrible. It's and then so bad. The worst thing, and I think pretty much the worst line in the whole thing was when Drew, hot blonde lady that for some reason Co-worker. likes Ben, says about Eve when she sees Eve with the creepy friend Andy for the sake of this. Let's hope her self-defense skills are better than her secretarial skills. I mean. Because she got hired to be a secretary in their office based off no qualifications. I mean. Uh, uh, yikes. The amount of, like, <laughs> yikes. rape jokes, honestly. Yeah. They said, um, when Eve is doing her little dance number at the party, she, like, pulls in this random old man to, like, dance with her. And then the creepy coworker says and he's like a judge of the 10th district or yeah. something he says um his briefs will never be the same so unnecessary but honestly we're not even gonna comment on that. yeah we connect the dots first of all it's a pun it's a pun and it's something that, and it's sexual harassment yeah i i just it went straight over my head until now yeah so yeah, creepy coworker, we're calling him Andy, goes over to Eve and is hitting on her and like being really forward with her and is like, do you want to go back to my place? Blah, blah, blah. And Eve slaps him because she saw a woman slap a man in a movie. Um, uh-huh. And she's like, wasn't I supposed to do that? <laughs> um, but she tells him that he just needs to be himself. He's so handsome and so funny. (laughs) Um, But not enough to be with me. Not enough to be with me. Yeah. And and he's like, wow, that's the most honest anyone has ever been with me. Is that really what he says? Yeah. He's like, that is the the nicest, kindest, and most honest thing anybody has ever said. That checks out. Me being and funny, that checks out. So then directly after that, he heads over to poor Ellen, who, or is it Helen? It's Ellen or it's Helen. Helen. Um, who has been given a makeover. A remove two bobby pins and suddenly have a full contour. <laughs> suddenly have a full contour and a personality. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but he like goes over to her and he's like, Ellen or Helen. <laughs> he's like, you're looking great. Want to dance? He's, yeah, he's like, this isn't a pickup line, but. You're looking great. And and the worst part is that you would think that Helen would be above this man. No, Helen's ready. No. Well, because earlier in the movie, she's like, I can't even get one of the guys in the office to notice I'm like, me. It's like, are you really talking about him? You don't want them to look at you. These men suck. They literally, there is not a single, there's only two, well, first of all, it feels like there are no characters in this movie. There's no characters in this movie. Because you don't know shit about literally anyone. Yeah. Like, to really anyone. You kind of know things about Casey. I guess you know the most about about Casey. I mean, you know a lot about Eve too, but like, you still feel like you don't really know them. You're not rooting for her anyway. Right. Not in particular. Um, also, just like, the sexism in general of this movie, like at the beginning, there's this whole section where creepy coworker is talking to Ben about how like hot blonde lady lawyer likes him. Yeah. And he's like, she wants to cook for you already and has only worked here for like six months or something. It was just like, it's like, it was like unimaginably reductive yeah. and stereotypical, but like. Why for a kids movie? I I truly question Stephanie Moore and Mark Rossman here. Like, why did they write it this way? I don't know. It's really I, ha- I don't I truly don't know how this 
got past stage one. <laughs> I, I agree because it's not it. Also, there's a bunch of weird stuff at the beginning where classically Lindsay Lohan's like, don't send me back to the shrink. Like, there's all this weird yeah. stuff about, like, going to see a therapist. Yeah. I don't know. Because of, like, I'm I'm assuming, like, a grief counselor type thing. Yeah. Uh, and we were wondering, too, like, why does the blonde co-worker care about this doll so much? Because and the blonde co-worker is the one who, who gives, gives it to Casey for her birthday. Yeah. Why does why is she in Casey's room? Like you guys aren't there. Yeah. She's not even dating Casey's she's dad. She's not even dating Casey's dad. And then by the end, she's still not she's even dating still Casey's not dad. Dating Casey's dad. Like, what? Like get out of her room. Maybe don't mess with her witchcraft. First of all, yeah, don't mess with her potions. Like please. <laughs> and like this, just like the 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 hot blonde lady character was just like. So annoying. Like she would come into Ben's office and and be like, just I'm looking out for you and Casey. I don't want you to get hurt by Eve. Like maybe I'm just jealous. Yeah. Maybe I'm blah, blah, blah. Just disgusting. So bad. As a kid, I I definitely thought that Casey's dad was like just being kind, forgiving um, giving Eve a place to stay and everything. But as it plays out, it's just like, what are his intentions? And they're so unclear. It's like unsettling. And they almost kiss. Like it, they become even more unclear when they almost kiss after the ho- Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday the party. The holiday party. And then Casey sees Was them. it spooky enough to be a Halloween party? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but it was not. <laughs> there were some frights. Yeah. And then, yeah, the the line she says when she gets out of the car. Oh, yeah. They just had to throw in this random fatphobic line when Tyra was like, did you see that big lady dancing? <laughs> what a great night. Was like, you, you could have been like, you could have been like, did you see how much he had to drink <laughs> yeah, or something? Like it could have been anything else. It has to be like, fat lady dancing. It could have just oh. been like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't even have to be anything at all. So, so we hate that. We hate that. Lindsay Lohan is cute in this movie. Yeah, she she's cute, and you know what? She, she does bites a good, her lip a lot. She she does depend heavily on the lip bite for emotion. Yes. Uh, it's something that some kids fall into. Pff, Audrey um, says this as if she's like a kid's talent I, wrangler. You know, I, I have watched. I I have witnessed a lot of child actors over the years. You know what my favorite child acting scene is of all time? What? The scene in eighth grade where the guy has all the dipping sauces and lines yes. them up in rainbow order. No, and that is like the best child acting I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. And the best actual accurate portrayal of what it's like. <laughs> that whole scene is like the cutest thing it's of all time. so wholesome and... Just well done. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see like accurate teen middle school middle representation, school representation, it's eighth grade. Yeah. <sighs> that I, scene is so good. I need to rewatch that. Every Are, time I hear Sail Away, I think of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Sail Away. Sail Away. Sail Away. That song is great. Do you want to wrap it up? Uh, yeah. It feels short, but yeah, I guess. I, um, I have like. You have some things to say? Yeah, to okay. like wrap it up. All right. Um, I will say that the last bone to pick I have with this movie is that the end just goes careening into straight magical realism, yeah. like out of nowhere um, in a lot of different ways, but primarily in the sense that 
Eve comes to life in their town and is supposed to be super far from home, but then she can somehow get to, like, the headquarters of her toy company where they make her and take all the photos by foot (laughs) and quickly. So the headquarters just happen to be in their town. Well, her home isn't real, so (laughs) that's kind of a... Well, right, but, like, she's a nationally distributed doll. I just found that to be annoying. And then, oh, when she decides that she needs to turn back into a doll when she gets back to the, like, factory or whatever, um, watching Lindsay Lohan have to watch Tyra turn back into the doll is, like, so upsetting. Yeah, you're basically watching Lindsay Lohan lose her second, like, mother figure. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least close friend figure. Just trauma, like, big sister. And watching... Tyra turn into the doll um and like the reverse shot on Lindsay's face it is so sad yeah it's very very and they sad. didn't need her to play it that real but she that's what Lindsay brings to movies is that <laughs> she and everything she's in like she brings a level of realism to it like imagine Hillary Duff in that role it would have been like way more chill. It would have been it would have been slightly upset. You know, she's fake crying, she's slightly upset, but she understands Eve needs to go back to Sunnyvale and you know this is yeah, how it Lindsay is. Lindsay Lohan is like not okay. But Lindsay Lohan is like, I need to go back to the shrink level of like <laughs> disturbed after this. Yeah, I mean I would be too. Yeah. Ugh. It's realistic, but it just doesn't always fit the tone of what everybody else is bringing. Right, like she's literally getting like <laughs> control dragged down. Like she's like the the magic effects going on are just like trash. And Lindsay Lohan is giving you like, like full Oscar like black box level. theater, like <laughs> like crying, <laughs> clinging to her dad. You're like, what is happening? This mismatch is egregious. It's really funny. Yeah, but something I noticed to wrap this whole thing up is that what this movie attempts to do is kind of the same dynamic as Uptown Girls, which Mm -hmm. we already discussed. Um, And Uptown Girls does a great job of making the dynamic of older woman and young girl finding what each other is missing. You know what I'm saying? How do I word that better? Finding what they need in the other. Yeah. Uptown Girls is a well-done version of that. Uh-huh. I mean, it's very, you know, cookie cutter, like everything kind of wraps up, you yeah. know? But Life Size is kind of trying to do that, but with the magical twist. Yeah, and, and also like no sense of place. No sense of anything. Of decency. <laughs> um, this movie also has aquamarine parallels. Yeah, it has aquamarine parallels and, for sure. And Enchanted. It's just like the... Uh, Uptown Girls, like, big woman, small woman thing meets the fish out of water comedy. Yep. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. And it's, like, bad. Yep, it's bad. <laughs> and just to top the whole thing off at the in the music video <laughs> segment at the end. Like, the 45-second music all video. All the characters that we've met practically come into the shot, and two of them are wearing their costumes from the holiday party, and then everybody else is wearing random clothes. Yeah. And, like, the continuity of that is just really disturbing, and yeah. I, I hate to see it I I really do I think the fact that this movie only has one child character says a lot about what's wrong with it yeah 
and there and there's other kids, but they're not characters. They're, they're like just, wa- they're like a they're th- two lines yeah. tops, like one scene in the beginning, one scene in the end. Like, why do we have like all these adults that are all the worst? The worst. They're all like what little kids think adults yeah. would act like, but that isn't a good thing. Like they shouldn't let kids think this is how adults act. No, no, and, and I. Really would hate if anybody formed any sort of like, like expectations ideas. off of this. I agree. Um, it is so far from being <laughs> even close to realistic, but not even in the way where it's like, this isn't realism. Cancel it. Just like no. it's just so half assed. It's not even it's not even fantastical in a fun way. Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> no one gave a shit about this movie. Clearly, no. Except it's deaf um, because she did write the second like a whole 20 years later. Right. I kind (laughs) of think that what's interesting about this movie, though, is like, first of all, people really remember the song in this movie. Yes. And more than anything else. And on top of that, people really remember and love this movie. I think because the idea is really good and Mm -hmm. like the casting was theoretically really good yeah but like i don't think people remember what actually is said yeah it's one of those movies that you watch when you're a kid that makes you feel like you're grown up because there's adult characters but it is so inappropriate yeah uh i mean half the stuff went over our heads like that's not most of that's not a sign of a good kids movie like a good kids movie will have layered jokes where adults can understand it in a different way, but kids still understand it. Right, exactly. You know? So that's <sighs> that all that. Yeah, and I have nothing deep to say about this movie. No, I mean, I couldn't muster a deep take. Me neither. It would just be totally fake. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but thank you for being with us throughout this time. <laughs> a struggle. Um, we'll definitely watch something better next time, even though I do feel like the episodes that are bad are, are probably more entertaining. Probably more entertaining, I yeah. still feel like nothing will ever beat the emotions I felt after watching Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That movie. <laughs> uh, that uh. movie, I think my favorite ones we've watched at this point are Uptown Girls and Sisterhood. Yeah. Even though Uptown Girls was didn't really live up to my expectations of how I remembered it, it was still good, especially compared to these. We've been really going through like a rough patch lately with these. <laughs> well, since Brandy Cinderella, perhaps. We've yes, been going right. Through. I think that that really uh, gave us some unrealistic expectations. <laughs> or uh, it, it heightened our palate. Yeah, we're we're too sophisticated for this now. <laughs> it's true. But if we missed any really cringeworthy lines or just dumb things in life size, please send us a DM on Two Pink Pictures on Instagram and Twitter, or you can email us at twopinkpictures at gmail, or my my work email, hleach at evergreenpodcast.com. Um, but please let us know your thoughts. All thoughts are welcome. And we will be back soon. Bye. Bye. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at tupingpictures and would love to hear from you there. 
And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share an episode of your choice with your friends. And maybe even leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts and is edited and produced by me, Hannah Ray Leach. Special thanks to mixing engineer Sean Rule Hoffman and executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. Our show music is by Josh Perlman Hall. We'll chat again soon. Bye. Pardon me as my creaking bones <laughs> barely allow me to sit in this chair. <laughs> Pixel chicks, pixel chicks, pixel chicks, pixel chicks. Hi, my name is Adriana Legion. I am a woman. And Rex Orange County's album. Who the fuck is that? You don't know who Rex Orange County is? No. Wait, really? I have no fucking clue. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. That's so surprising. Why would I sit here and say I have no fucking clue if I had a fucking clue? That's just really surprising. Why? I thought, oh, you know. Because you thought I was more with it. (laughs) I see. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.